right, everybody, welcome back into Mining Stock Daily, going into our Thursday with a corporate update from District Metals. They do trade on the Venture Exchange with DMX and also on the OTCQB with DMXCF. Happy to welcome in, still on his holiday vacation, but working nonetheless, CEO Mr. Garrett Ainsworth. Garrett, good morning. Hey, Trevor. Uh, great, uh, great to see you again and yeah. uh, be on the show. Yeah, it's great to have you on because there's a couple big news items out of the company we need to touch base on and get your uh, corporate editorial, if we may. Uh, but let's talk about this week's news. Uh, you know, la- last year you went out and you were able to acquire the Viken deposit there in Sweden. This is a massive, uh, I guess you could say, battery metals, polymetallic, almost every type of metal is in this <laughs> in this project. Uh, you were able to acquire that uh later this year, but this week you announced that you were able to uh, actually acquire the last licenses uh, for the project, so you now can operate on 100% of the Vican deposit. Tell us about these last, you know, these last areas of the project that were, you know, that you, you were trying to bring in. Why was this so important for the company to get your hands on to really eventually move this thing forward? Yeah, so... I mean, first off, the the Vican deposit it, it's it's gigantic. It's um, you know it's the largest undeveloped uranium uh, mineral resource in the world. Um, you know, the second largest uranium resource after Olympic Dam. Um, we so we staked up sixty eight percent of it about a year ago. Uh, I started talking to the the vendor that owned the remaining thirty two percent. Uh, it, it took a year for us to reach uh, an agreement, uh, a lot of lot of back and forth and, and discussions and, and whatnot. But um, the the vendor that owned the thirty two percent actually his his mineral licenses contained the proposed open pits from a preliminary economic assessment that was done in two thousand fourteen. So. You know, they were pretty important pieces to the puzzle. And now that we have it all together as 100% under the District Metals banner, we're, we're in really good shape to go forward. Okay, so that's, that's really important information there. Talk to us about that technical report. Uh, I, I don't know if you call it historic, but, uh, you know, previous technical report and how that kind of fits in with those numbers. Remind us what that report showed us as far as what this project has in store. Yeah, so it was it was quite uh, impressive. It was done by Continental Precious Minerals um, in 2014. It uh, comprised two large open open pits. It um, actually did not include recovering the vanadium because um, at at the time I think it would have um, the the production of vanadium would have been too much for for like the global supply. And it, it would have crushed the vanadium uh, price, so they just kind of removed vanadium from that preliminary economic assessment. Uh, nonetheless, it, it, it had you know uranium, uh, nickel. It did not have molybdenum, which is a good value add to it. It had copper and uh, and zinc in it, mm. and the the NPV net present value came back uh, about a, a billion dollars. So it, it was very significant, especially considering it didn't include some of the other crucial um, energy metals in it. Um, but more recently, uh, the, our next door neighbors, Aura Energy, put out a scoping study. Uh, they're essentially, they have the Hagen deposit, which is a continuation of the Viken deposit to the west of us. And um, they it's a smaller deposit, but 
um, you know, it's two two billion tons as opposed to Vikan is three billion tons. So their scoping study um, entailed um, a mining scenario of only going after three percent of their mineral resource, and the numbers that came out of that were um, astounding. So uh, essentially, the the capex was five hundred and ninety two million. The NPV on the high end was one point six uh, billion. Um, and the, the IRR, I believe was 47%. The, uh, the payback was one and a half years and they, they incorporated vanadium in, in that. Uh, and it was the, you know, the amount of vanadium that would get produced would not harm the you know global supply of vanadium. It also included, uh, uranium and additionally potash. So mm. there is quite a significant amount of potash within these alum shales, which are the, the host rock for, these deposits being Viken and, and Hagen. And, you know, that's quite important. If you, if we can, um, uh, you know, extract potash from, from these alum shales, it's centered right within a very, um, agriculturally dominant part of Sweden. So it would be very useful. What were the prices per pound of uranium with those studies at the time? Uh, so with the Viken, PEA done in 2014, the price for uranium was uh, $65 uh, per pound. So less, I think we're at, you know, the spot price is at 91. Is that, I was going to, I thought we were at 80, man, it's moving fast. (laughs) It's, it's surging. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty wild. The, the long term isn't moving quite as quickly. I I think it's more like uh, 70 or so. But um, it, yeah, I mean, the way things are going, it's going to catch up. And all the other metals that were used in the Vikan PA, um, you know, the prices uh, that were used at that time were lower than where they're at today. Um, and then obviously Aura Energy's scoping study that was, that was put out in September of, of sorry, of 2022, um, that, that used metal prices that are, you know, probably just a little bit lower than, than, uh, where things are at now because things have gone up with uranium again so much lately. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the, this purchase agreement to get this deal done. You know, I read this yesterday, Garrett, and I'll be honest with you, as a shareholder of your company, I was looking at this like, you know, this doesn't come cheap. Um, the $50,000 Canadian upon closing, another 50000 payable within 30 days following uh, if the moratorium on uranium exploration and mining in Sweden is lifted, and we can talk more about that uh, later, a million shares of district uh, to the vendor on closing, another three and a half million shares issued to the vendor 30 days following a lift of that moratorium. Uh, and, and there's more to that. And then there's a 2% net smelter return royalty on those on those claims that can be bought back down, but that obviously has a price tag. You know, I can understand why maybe this deal took a lot longer to get done than you would have liked, but there's, you know, this is a probably be a lot of negotiating going on between you and the vendor. So talk about, you know, the comfortability of a small cap exploration company such as District to take on such a price tag for these for Vikan. It must be very meaningful for you. Yes, and and I'll say when we first started discussions, um, the uh, you know the ask was a lot higher than what uh, what <laughs> turned out to be. I assume so, it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's why it took took so long. Um, and you know, very importantly, this transaction it hinges on the uranium moratorium in Sweden being lifted. So 
you know, essentially we're paying 1 million shares and $50,000 cash um, to, to like, to get uh, um, the ability to have 100% of it. And then once the moratorium's lifted, then, then we, then we have to pay three and a half millions and an additional 50,000. And then the NSR um, um, is also there as well that we can buy back in its entirety, uh, 2 million on the first percent, 6 million on the second percent. But it's, a, yeah, I mean, having 100% of, of the Beacon deposit uh, within district is, is that important. And, you know, when, if and when the moratorium gets lifted, um, you know, this is going to look like peanuts compared to what's going to happen to our share price because the the value of this deposit is uh, in a in a rising uranium market is so uh, so extreme. So, and you know, very importantly, the you know when if when the moratorium gets lifted, the uh, the three and a half million shares all have uh, restrictions on them over two years, whereby the the property vendor he can't uh, you know he can't just flood the market with three and a half million shares, it's going to be, you know, every six months he'll get an allotment. And I, mm. I believe it, you know, at that time, there'll be people asking me for blocks of shares in any case. So I, I don't see that as, as being an issue. Another thing to, to consider, um, Trevor, you look at some of the transactions that have been happening in the Athabasca Basin, they're absurdly valued, like way, way, way valued. Like, we're talking, uh, you know, $10, $10 million type transactions for moose pasture. Um, mm. and, and, you know, it's only for a certain percentage of the property. It's, uh, it's pretty insane. Another metric that we measured this by is over the last year, um, the transactions on uranium optionality uh, have, have averaged about $0.50 cents per, uh, per pound uranium. And the pounds that we are essentially acquiring at Vikin are coming in at less than one cent um, wow. per pound. And, and so a uranium optionality transaction is a transaction on a uranium asset that uh, has a jurisdiction with a moratorium on uranium, for instance, which is the case in, in Sweden. Let me ask you about, uh, you seem pretty confident with this moratorium being lifted uh, and not, not everything, it's not, nothing certain here. I mean, you and I talked earlier this or in 2023 about that and uh, you know, it, it wasn't lifted at the time. It kind of was a little bit of a surprise, but you still, uh, you don't lack confidence that this is going to happen at some point here. Uh, what is what happening in the background with the politics of Sweden to lift this? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll say that the confidence comes in waves um, because, <laughs> for instance, like it last August through till October, the amount of uh, media that was coming out with government officials saying that, um, you know, Sweden needs to start uh, operating uranium mines and lift the moratorium was intense. And then in November, December, it kind of went crickets. Um, and there's been some deadlines that have already been missed by the Swedish government. They were supposed to put out an energy policy in October um, that uh, was going to have some, that, that was going to talk about them increasing nuclear um, uh, power plants, and there was going to be wording also about lifting the moratorium. That did not happen. There was uh, also a climate plan that, that got put out in December, and there was a thought that, you know, there was going to be uh, talk about the uranium moratorium in that, it, which it didn't come up. So 
it uh, it's taking longer um, from from that standpoint. But it, I mean, th- this is politics. So uh, all my meetings that I've had with you know consultants, uh, the uh, Swedish Mining Association, I've had meetings with members of Parliament in in Sweden, and you know they're all and also a, a public affairs company. They're all telling me that this is going to happen. It's um, it's just a matter of, of time. So right. I I guess I've been talking to enough people where I feel quite comfortable, and hence you know the reason why we moved on this transaction. And now now is the time to do it, not not after the moratorium gets lifted. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, uh, well let's step away from Beacon. This is, will be a, an ongoing story we're going to follow very closely this year. But there's another big news item out of district that actually happened late in the fall early winter. Uh, listen, uh, I've been on that Tom Tebow project. Uh, I kind of hold it dear to my heart because I just really appreciate my time there. It was a wonderful project and beautiful country. Uh, but you got an earn-in option agreement with uh, Belieden. Uh, and we kind of thought for a long while that this made perfect sense, Garrett, uh, for us watching the district and, and knowing who your partners and, and connections were in the, in the area. Uh, this made sense. Uh, so let's talk about that deal, that earn-in. What does it consist of and why is this so important to get Tom Tebow really the the attention and dedication it deserves? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it all really came about when we, we put our last set of drill results from Tom Tebow in uh, uh, August of 2022 and the market did not respond <clears throat> and we put out re- really good results like hole 38 had 25 and a half meters at 8.2 percent zinc equivalent um, it had just on the outside of the massive sulfides uh, a narrow interval 0.4 meters of 384 grams per ton gold 855 grams per ton silver and the market just kind of went eh. and and that's when I realized okay um, now is a good time to to try to find a major to partner up with you know we'd had a, a dialogue with Boliden um, for quite some time and um, so we we started talking about uh, an option in uh, in October of 2022 so it took about a year to do um, seems to be a trend here and unfortunately it's quite a long one but uh, so they they came back to us with a really good idea that we loved even more. They said, "Hey, listen, we we'd like to do an option in on Tompteau, but we'd also like to bring in our our top exploration property, Stolberry, um, for you to explore as well. And then we'll we'll bring in ten million dollars, and you guys can be the operator. And and it just it fits so well together because you know our country manager Hein Rat he he used to work for Boliden. He knows them very well." Rodney Allen, who who you met um, as well in Sweden, he used to work for Bolleden, so it's um, it's a really great um, collaboration between their team and our team, and and the knowledge. It's uh, it's it's quite a significant development for for the Bergslagen district to to bring this together, and now we're you know we're not limited by financings and and capital markets to to go do some aggressive drilling at Tomtebo and Stolberry. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of information out on Stolberry. Obviously, you know, we've put out a lot of really good information about Tom Tebow. But, um, you know, Stolberry, it, it looks like it's, uh, it's, it's closest analogy is Gar- Garpenberg Mine. So that's, uh, I mean, it's got four and a half kilometer strike of continuous historical mines. It's got some really big drill intercepts. There's 
historical um, mineral uh, resource estimates across it, it's, um, it's really primed up. And the reason why Boleyn didn't just explore it themselves is, is bandwidth. So they, you know, they dedicate their exploration teams to their, their mining operations, like near mine exploration, and they don't really have a green field or, you know, brown field type uh, exploration team. Um, so it, it, uh, it made sense for them to team up with uh, District. Yeah, very good. Well, congratulations on that deal. Uh, you, you mentioned the $10 million of exploration expenditures uh, for Tumtebo. And let's ask you, where does the bank account sit now for the company? Uh, you mentioned you're not beholden to go back to the market to finance more exploration because of this. But you have a number of projects in the, in the portfolio here. So uh, what is allocated for 2024? Um, yeah, so the, the treasury right now is sitting at about 2.2 million. Um, obviously all work at Tom Tebow and Stolberry, uh, for 2024 is going to be fully funded by Boleyden. Um, we, um, we have a $2 million budget that's been approved where essentially a million goes to Tom Tebow and a million goes to Stolberry. Uh, looks like we're going to start drilling at Tom Tebow in about one month or so. So I'll have a you know release out in the next next couple of weeks describing what that uh, drill program is gonna going to look like. Um, we're really excited about it. It's, uh, I mean, we're going to drill two holes underneath our last um, hole there, which is hole 38, which which had that 25 and a half meters at 8.2 percent zinc equivalent, wide open at depth. So can't wait to see what uh, what is underneath there. Um, and you know the Bacar property is still alive. It, uh, we're still permitting. I've, I've been, I was actually pretty busy talking with the, the BC ministry, uh, in December. And, uh, so it looks like hopefully we'll get a drill permit soon, but I, yeah, it's, uh, that's been a really tough one. Uh, permitting in, in <laughs> British Columbia is, uh, it's broken <laughs> is oh. probably the, the best way to put it. But, um, you know, there's quite a few examples, uh, recently of, of, Copper pore-free targets providing a lot of shareholder value, so it, it, this this is worth continuing to chase um, and to go after because I think once you have something of, of value in the ground, um, then things become easier to permit because you can point to it and go, "Hey, listen, like this is this is a big deal." So mm-hmm. we're going to continue down that path, and um, you know we're also looking at other uranium uh, opportunities uh, inside. Sweden and outside of, of Sweden, obviously, um, you know, given my background with uh, with uranium in the Athabasca, it makes a lot of sense to to keep going down that path because it's it's brought a lot of value to the district share price. Yeah, it certainly has. Okay, uh, Garrett, thanks so much for that update. Uh, it was a real successful uh, end of 2023 and 2024 is looking to be just as positive. Uh, just remind everybody, currently district metals is sitting with about a $20 million market cap. And we just told you that there's $10 million in exploration expenditures coming in just for two projects within that portfolio from Boleyden. So there's a little bit of uh, value in arbitrage there, I might argue. Uh, I, I would argue, at least myself, if I may editorialize. Garrett, thanks so much. Have yourself a great rest of your day. Yeah, thanks, Trevor. Look forward to seeing you at VRIC. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. 
please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.